What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Marketing News Canada. Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Val Walker is our guest today, who leads the Business and Higher Education Roundtable, also known as BEAR, a nonpartisan, non-for-profit organization that brings together some of Canada's largest companies and leading post-secondary institutions. As CEO, Val drives BEAR's strategic direction, member and stakeholder relations, and a high-performing team committed to creating opportunity through collaboration in Canada's skills, talent, and innovation ecosystems. Uh, Val was the inaugural co-chair of the Future Skills Council, uh, a group established by the Government of Canada to advise on national and regional skills development and training priorities. So many things I could keep going on with your bio. It is amazing. Your work with MyTax and so many other things. Uh, holds a PhD from McGill University and alumna of the Government of Canada's Recruitment of Policy Leaders Program. Val, thank you for being here. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. I'm super happy to be here. So um, those that have yet to encounter bear in the public, maybe you know, not talking about real life bears, tell us about <laughs> bear and, and some of the work that you're most excited about that you guys are doing right now. Oh man, so uh, it's, we, we call it be her. Um, although, oh, sorry. No, no, that's, sorry. that's okay. I've heard it all, Darren, it's totally fine. I've heard it all. Are you like that pink company? Are you a female empowerment organization? So um, it, we call it be her, the business and higher education roundtable. Um, Be her, okay, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic organization and it's the best job I've ever had being a part of it and having a chance to run it with such amazing people. We're gonna get into it a bit later, I know, but really we were founded and created in order to help solve the problem of why aren't more companies and post-secondary institutions working together? on everything from research partnerships to recognize and get some of the incredible research in our institutions commercialized and making money out in the world to skills development and the creation of talent pipelines. And so really our origin story is that we were created and provided some runway within a large business uh, association called the Business Council of Canada. And answering the question of if we created an entity to bring leaders from the private sector and post-secondary world together to work on the challenges that they both encounter instead of, as it often is, they continue to work on them in their separate silos. Can we actually affect real change? Is that better? Is collaboration actually the way forward on this? And happy to say yes and happy to get into some of the details of what that work looks like, but that's a bit of the overview. It's amazing. Amazing. So uh, Business Council of Canada still exists today, still operating? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what's kind of, what do you see them as their role and kind of relationship to, to be her? 
So we have a good relationship with them still. In the early days, we were they were our founding partner, is how we talk about them, our founding member. They provided us the runway to move from an initiative that they funded in order to meet needs that their members have. Their members are the largest companies from across Canada, representing all industry sectors and all regions of the country. And in testing the hypothesis that if they had a mechanism, a formal mechanism to sit and work on real problems with leaders from the post-secondary world, that that group would be able to create enough value to spin out and act as a separate incorporated not-for-profit. And so while we spent three years being incubated within the Business Council, we spun out on our own in 2019. Uh, the Business Council continues to play a role. Their CEO, Goldie Hyder, is a member of our board. And they really, uh, in addition to our members, help identify those biggest challenges that companies have. And that allows us to figure out how to help overcome them. It's incredible. And uh, Future Skill Center, you're involved there. We've, we've had uh, guests from Future Skill Center on the show before. Yes. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, the, so the Future Skills Council was a group that worked separately from the Future Skills Center. Uh, Pedro okay. Barada, okay. who's the executive yes. director, yeah. would would say, you know, it was, we always joked it was a bit um, confusing because we were both FSC, but the council really provided an advisory role to the Minister uh, of Employment at the time. And we had a chance, it was so cool, to go and talk to uh, a whole bunch of different stakeholders from across the country to find out again what were their biggest skills issues, what was already working that maybe the federal government didn't know about and how and can that be scaled or shared across various jurisdictions. So it gave us a chance to to go out and talk to a whole bunch of Canadians and report back on what we heard for to the minister. Amazing. There's actually a, a section on the federal website which lists all the, the sector councils of our country. Mm, right. And I heard at one point there used to be like someone who would organize the sector councils and bring them together and do some things, but I don't think that's happening anymore. I haven't heard anything. I, you know what, I'm not, I, we work pretty closely with several of them, but I, I don't yeah. know what their state of, formally what their state of play is in terms of, of how uh, coordinated or internally connected they are anymore. But but they're yeah. out there doing really good work too, um, especially from a sector by sector uh, yeah. approach to some of the specific skills gaps that exist. And what we try to do at a bit of a higher level is see, especially where there's ability to scale or at least reduce redundancy in what's working across the, the country. And, and of course, there are sector-specific needs and the sector councils do a good job on addressing those. And we try to sit at a higher level. And you know what? Every once in a while, politely say to one particular industry sector, no, no, I, I know you think you have your own unique set of challenges that are completely separate from everyone else's. But actually, we've talked to people from all the sectors and and about 80% of your biggest challenges are also the biggest challenges of that sector. So we can help on some of the high level stuff that will be beneficial to everybody. And then of course we can come in and help customize or with the, with the partnership with a sector council, customize that last 20% that really is unique to your particular sector. Amazing. So if you were to give advice, say uh, a sector council, I'll give you that as an example, maybe um, was looking to, maybe convince or work with a post-secondary institution to say, hey, we have this massive skills gap need. You know, we need to hire another, you know, 2,000 people this year with these skills gaps. There's no other schools teaching this. We've looked across the country. How do they convince a post-secondary institution that they should develop a course, create a course for that? 
Yeah, so that's a really good question. I think the first thing I would say is is to give full props to the post-secondary community in this country. There's a lot of that currently happening. Okay. You know, Very so cool. to give a specific example in the college and polytechnic sector in this country, they all have uh, program advisory committees. And so for each of the programs that they offer, they have a committee of representatives from industry sitting to help as they develop new curriculum, uh, curricula, I guess. And so that's an example of one way I would say to someone in a particular sector, be like, figure out the institutions in your region or who are experts in the skills you want for your particular sector and go and get involved in their program advisory committees. That's exactly the purpose of those mechanisms. Um, on the university side of things, especially with the increased demand for shorter duration credentials, right, micro-credentials, uh, there's a lot more industry-serving curricula being developed on the university side as well through micro-credentials and other shorter duration uh, programming like that. And so again, they are to some degree being responsive to the specific needs of industry. And, and sometimes the, the institutions now in fairness could do you know, better job making it clear that they're open to work with businesses. Like we, we put out a report recently talking to industry about why they do, or in some cases don't, go and do exactly that, Darian, work more closely with post-secondaries. And they said they're just not sure where to go or who mm -hmm. to call. Who do you call at the at Carleton University to, to partner, yeah. you know, and so that there's an opportunity. And actually, it's a marketing opportunity for the institutions to put themselves out there and say, hey, companies, if you want to do this, this or this, we do that. Come con who you should talk to. Here's how we can develop that and know there are misperceptions out there. It's not going to take four years and a need to approve a new curriculum with the Senate. We have ways to develop responsive, agile programming to meet your particular needs around a certain subject. And I'd love to talk about that because yeah. I've discovered this world within the post-secondary world called continuing education. <laughs> that seems very like nimble, responsive. It doesn't have to go through Senate. So maybe tell us about the difference between continuing ed and for credit. <laughs> we talk to a lot of uh, leaders within the continuing education sector these days, and they kind of grudgingly say, you know, we're, we're having a bit of a moment here, right? But, but we're not new. Um, mm -hmm. I know you're kind of pokey fun, but they've been around for decades and decades yeah. and always having to be uh, cost recovery, right? Yeah. And so they've always been more responsive and more agile in order to bring in people that they know employers want the skills that they're creating for them so that there's a, a there you know i'm going to go and take an executive course to, to bone up on my communication skills because i know that the need to get that next promotion is because i need to have better oral or written communication skills fill in the skill that you think you need so what's neat and what has pivoted a bit now in, in thinking about continuing ed is now we talk about micro-credentials or certificates, right? They've always done that type of thing. I think they're going through a recognition about repackaging and, and rebranding how they talk about their value. Uh, and, and if they do that well, then, you know, it's a, they have a lot of opportunity to, to do that well. Some are already there. Some have the opportunity to get there. Uh, this could be a real moment for them. And that's in part what we've been talking about with employers to say like 
I know you think a university is, is, is this, this, and this, and there are stereotypes there, but first, this is who we would talk, send you to see what you can work out there. And, and they often come back quite surprised to say, wow, that was amazing. And now we have this program that we developed with them. And now we're getting our people through this training opportunity. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible the the role that continuing ed can play in this time of major need, yeah. and and still then be that ladder into maybe the post secondary ecosystem to say, hey, sure, you're going to take this micro credential. It's not for credit, but welcome to University of Victoria, and here's some other programs, and and this actually can ladder into there. You know, yeah. even, even though yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty exciting. And it fits um, with one of the things uh, you know that we were talking about before we started. It's it's there's a really strong role for higher education to play in career development you know that that they need to take ownership on the fact that everyone who enrolls whether it's for a full three or four year degree diploma or a shorter certificate or credential anyone who is enrolling in an institution is looking for a job at the end of it this has always been true you know in the past Think of my parents, right? They went to school, they got a degree, they got a stable, well-paying job. Now they're retired. Um, yeah. That's still true. Getting a credential from a, an institution in Canada still sets you up. It's just harder to do now. Yeah. And so the role, though, of the post-secondary, I would argue, and Beher certainly believes strongly, is as strong as ever in playing an active role in that career development pathway for the student. It's amazing. And I know you can't give like your favorite child, you know, you never answer that question, but can you give an example? And again, this isn't your favorite, but maybe an example of maybe a post-secondary institution or maybe kind of a, a an industry that, man, you've seen some really cool developments um, or some even the start of a relationship that you're really excited about. Yeah. Potential. I thought you might ask something like this. And I, of course, would say all of the partners that we yes. work with are amazing. Um and mostly because our work integrated learning team here at Beher is, is top notch and incredible. But yeah, just to give you a sense, because I think that's the thing people might not think of all the breadth of opportunities for students in working with a, a company beyond, you know, what you might traditionally think of like a co-op, a four month paid co-op or a four month summer internship, right? But there are so many types of opportunities. So like, I'll give you one. So there are students uh, that are in a second year geography course at Western. And what they're doing as part of that course is actually working with a local farm in order to research and then understand and draft business pitches for that farm in order to help them with product branding, land stewardship, and sustainability. Right. And so it allows that local farm that doesn't have a lot of money for payroll or HR, all those things to tap into the energy and the excitement and the new ideas of students who are in geography because they care about the land and care about those types of things to see that connection uh, in action. So that's one that's pretty cool. Uh, if I had to give you a second one, then I would I would point to New Brunswick, actually. Yeah. And, and I don't know for your listeners, if you picked a province that is probably the most coordinated and aligned when it comes to their goal of getting every student some work experience before they finish school, it is New Brunswick. Um, wow. They have four post-secondary, uh, they have four universities in the province and they work collaboratively uh, on one particular project through the Greater Moncton Chamber of Commerce that allows wow. members of the Chamber of Commerce, so a small, mostly small companies yeah. who want to find out how to find a student 
to my point earlier about like, where do you go? The New Brunswick government in partnership with what they're calling um, FutureLink has created a system that allows a, a company to go and find a student. And there's not the competition that normally exists between institutions. The four of them have collaborated to create a one-stop shop where an employer who doesn't have the resources, again, because they're small or maybe medium-sized, can go and find a student to help them with a particular issue or to fill a particular uh, job vacancy. That's incredible. Yeah. Good for New Brunswick. And it's an example for the rest of the country, right? So yeah. we use them and look to them to learn from them. How do you import a model like that? And of course, it changes depending on the region in other parts mm. of the country where there's opportunities for collaboration. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I um, remember reading a McLean's article a few years ago, and it was really neat because it was showing all of the post-secondary institutions that were working with specific corporate brands. So mm. X institution working with Microsoft, Y institution working with uh, SAP, Z institution working with Salesforce, and offering corporate branded certificates and training in collaboration with the post-secondary school. Do you want to talk about that and kind of how you're seeing post-secondaries maybe work with corporate entities that have uh, an industry credential or certificate? Yeah, they, I think you've named a few of them already, right? Amazon does something like that right now. Google for sure does. Microsoft. I think there are pros and cons to that, if I'm, if I'm mm -hmm. being honest with you. So on the pro side, the ability of a post-secondary, any post-secondary really these days is pretty strapped in terms of the resources they have uh, available to make the quality of their programming as high as possible, right? We don't have to mm -hmm. get into whether that's the federal government should be transferring more money to the province. Well, there's, there's a, always a cash uh, it, it's a it's a tough environment right now for post-secondaries. Mm. Um, and yeah. so to have the ability to engage with big corporates who have the training programs, uh, yeah. it's, it's a win for sure. Where we nudge um, and, yeah. and push a little bit is to make sure that that credential that a student earns as it relates to Google or as mm. it relates to Microsoft yeah. is transferable and would be yeah. recognized if and when they were to, let's say they get a job then at Microsoft because they have this programming, that, that if they then look to move to a, another tech company or somewhere else, that those skills are transferable uh, mm -hmm. to that other company as well. And so so that's where we, we like I said, it has the potential to be a really big deal as long as it mm -hmm. it's, uh, maintains that open sense of uh, collaboration. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And um yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of like Microsoft or Google, if someone was to like move to the UK or India, mm. it might be a little more recognized, maybe, maybe say like University of Regina, right? Possibly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for you, the, the work that you're doing and the fact that you're bringing these folks together, what, what are you most excited? What makes you the most kind of optimistic or hopeful or like, man, I'm excited oh. for this coming up in the next six months or something that's coming oh, out. Oh, man. So... When we started on the journey in 2018 of trying to build a rally and create a movement about mm -hmm. the value of getting students work before they finish school, right? This will, mm -hmm. this push for 100% will. So much mm -hmm. of it was around 
oh, you don't, you've never heard of Will? Uh, okay, mm. this is what Will is. No, 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 really. Like from a marketing perspective, there's a win, win, win. It's a win for the employer yeah. and it's a win for the post-secondary. And of course, it's a win for the student. And it was a lot of that momentum building. Mm. And it hasn't been that many years where we're going now. You know, back in 2018, we pitched the federal government to, to commit to this goal of getting every mm. student in the country some experience. And they agreed and they bought into that. We're halfway there right? We're at 2023. Mm -hmm. On our way to 2028, looking for the next five years, it's not, here's why Will's important. Here's why you should do it. It's employers coming to us saying, we know Will is important and we know we should do it. Show us yeah. how. Do you have yeah. case studies? Do you have specific examples of a company like me who mm -hmm. has made that work for them? Because I don't know if it'll work. And so it's, it's a different level of engagement. It's still hard work ahead. But we're yeah. now working with companies who are coming to us saying we get it or we've heard you know the company down the street is doing it and we want in on that too and so we're able to then collect and share back best practices do professional mm -hmm. development for the employers mm -hmm. how do you for example mentor students while they're in the workplace right some of these tools yeah. and resources that it's not about convincing them to do well now it's like helping them develop the the skills to do it themselves and importantly in a way that's sustainable when at some point the a lot of the federal funding that per, currently provides incentives might you know eventually get pulled back so yeah the interest and the demand is now coming to us instead of us having to tell people why it's, it's a really important thing to do and that for me is super exciting that's that's incredible and, and for those that are like in industry right now and and you know, looking to hire staff and looking to get that kind of integration with schools. What's your advice for maybe people that are kind of call it in the weeds or kind of like maybe they don't represent an industry or an overall group, but like are like an employer with maybe, you know, 30 to 50 employees? <laughs> so this might sound a little self-serving, uh, <laughs> but one of the things they can do is uh, check out Beher's website. We yes. have a whole Will Solutions hub really? that right. provides resources for example for that uh product specialist who's trying to convince their boss that hiring a student really is worth it we have mm -hmm. a, a return on investment calculator so yeah. it allows them step by step to work through helping them make the business case to their boss wow. about why this is not actually just a nice thing or helps your social responsive social corporate responsibility which it does yeah. but also is actually a, a very smart investment mm -hmm. um, so it depends on what they need but if they need to help like i said earlier about figuring out especially as they're looking to hire students maybe with someone with a disability an indigenous student we have mentorship yeah. guides that help them feel yeah. confident that they can provide a quality experience for students yeah. who are from uh, equity seeking communities and where mm -hmm. they might be a little more hesitant for fear of not being able to provide that student equality opportunity. So if it's stuff like that, that they need, um, self-servingly, I would say, check out, check that out, call us and we are, we're happy to yeah. help. Um, but local chambers of commerce, economic development groups are really yeah. insightful and they know who to put, the company in touch with if they want access to a, a student stipend to help offset the cost of hiring a student um, or other things like that. We, we know lots about that too, but if they want to work within their particular region, then, then I recommend 
going to to their local chamber of commerce. That's incredible. And and the magic between uh, school and industry or job needs, you're saying it's not magic. It's the conversation. Reach out, connect, join the advisory group. That's right. That's right. There's a there's a lot of ways right now that there is an opportunity to engage, whether it's on work integrated learning and getting students those opportunities and connections or for the employees that employers already have uh, working who might need to get a new skill or a different skill in order to stay um, really at the top of their game in their particular role. There's, there's some federal funding out there right now to do that. And there's a lot of development going on through the universities and colleges themselves. And again, I'll just say we're always happy to help. Part of what we do at BeHer is try to know all the people and so lots of time the answer is, oh, you know what, we actually can help you with that. And sometimes it's, oh, that's not our thing. We're, we're not best positioned to help you with that, but we know who is. And so we can help direct you to whoever is, is best positioned to actually solve some of those problems. That's incredible. Uh, Val, are you ready for the rapid fire? Right? Oh, I'm ready. Bring it I'm on. Ready. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, what was your first ever job? <laughs> I worked in a flower shop. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, flower shop. Knowing cool. nothing about plants, but I, I yeah. pretended very well. Perfect. Um, night owl or early bird? Early bird. Nice. Cat or dog person? Dog person, for sure. Uh, dark or milk chocolate? Milk chocolate. All right. Favorite word right now? Favorite word right now? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Very I cool. Defeat, very I cool. defer to awesome about oh, lots no. of things all the time. That's awesome. Um, last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? Oh man, I'm a big supporter of the Ottawa mission. Um, we try to provide, we try to get involved with a couple of charities, but uh, something close to home and, and helping people in our own backyard uh, have the dignity uh, to, to be able to, you know, get the food they need and the shelter they need to, to do whatever they're going to do with their lives is, is critically important to me. Amazing. Uh, what's a movie that you just love you could watch over and over again? Shawshank. Yeah. Uh, favorite song or album on repeat right now? <laughs> I'm not a full-on Swifty, but mm-hmm. I have to say I've been caught up with uh, Taylor Swift mania. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, if you were doing this job right now in maybe another multiverse, uh, what would you be doing with your life? Uh, I'd like to think that I could have worked still in the charity sector. Mm-hmm. I think I'd I I like to try to raise money for, for charities. Very cool. Um, app on your phone you can't live without? Slack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very cool. Very cool. Um, <laughs> favorite children's book? So I don't have kids, but mm-hmm. from my childhood, yeah. uh, we, I had all the Peter Rabbit books. I don't yes. know if your listeners yeah. know those, yeah. but I still have the collection that's in the little box. Uh, yeah. Peter Rabbit. Amazing. <laughs> um, best thing you ever bought for under $10? My phone protector. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a great one. Um, what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? Taking on the CEO role at Be Her. Very cool. Yeah. Um, a book that you'd recommend, whether it's on HR or education or training that you think is really important to, re- to read? Oh, man. 
or it could be a podcast or a newsletter that you want to recommend. Uh, for people in the higher education space, uh, yeah. Alex Usher puts out a daily blog on all things Canadian higher education, and uh, he's got insights and shows data in a way that is uh, both interesting and compelling. And what's that called? The it's his. It's his. His name is Alex Usher. Okay, um, perfect. Higher education strategies okay, associate. Very cool. Yeah, Hisa. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, when you look at kind of the, this new generation, new economy, as you look to hire even people internally at B, her, what do you look for? What are the skills that people should be developing and growing in? Man, it's it's a mix of the social and emotional skills. That's what we call them. The ability to um, interact and, and be a human with the, you know, human, um, how you communicate. Empathy, for sure, is a huge one. Um, yeah. Resiliency, those types of things. Those are hard to find in an interview, but there are ways mm -hmm. if you're if you're careful. Uh, I need them to have a sense of humor and, and willing to work hard and then play hard. Um, and then the right technical skills that that complement others on our team. We're a small team, but we, uh, we we punch above our weight, and I think that's in, in part because of the the wide range of skills that our our team has. It's awesome. Yeah. And where do you where do you hang out online or, or in real life uh, if people want to connect with you? Oh, yeah. So I don't hang out online as much as I used to. So yeah. um, but I am on uh, the LinkedIn and yeah. I do have uh, I guess it's X now. You can find me there Val, at Val One Walker uh, on Twitter or uh, Valerie Walker on LinkedIn. And, and I'm always happy to meet new people, talk about challenging problems, amazing solutions and just uh, build out that network because because you never know when a, a new cool collaboration or partnership might spring out of it. Amazing. Val, anything else you want to share with listeners? Just, you we're so to... pleased. Thank you, Darian, for, for the chance. I, I, I was joking with you before we started that I'm not a, a marketing uh, per professional and I, I'm not super useful for you on that front, but, but that your listeners and your audience are so interested in this issue and, and how you uh, can, can help them uh, find the people they need and, and the Canadian talent that's out there is, is awesome. I'm just really excited to be a part of it. No, for sure. Yeah. The, uh, marketing PR advertising, uh, communications profession is, is all about people. We are yeah. not about the tractors we own or the uh, tools we have. It's, it's humans. We are all about skilled, awesome people. And the fact that you are helping us find and develop and grow and nurture and, uh, you know, produce more awesome people is, is uh, yeah, appreciate you and the work you guys are doing as the, uh, we should call you the B harmony connecting <laughs> industry and post-secondaries straight from a marketer. I love it. I love it. Anyone out there who's got a, a name for us that isn't quite as hard to remember or say as the business and higher education roundtable, it's a shout out to you. Give me your suggestions. Cause, uh, as we found off the bat, that that's, uh, that's a sticking point for us. Well, Val, I appreciate you being here. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this okay. week on Marketing News Canada. And we'll see you everyone next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio. Thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.